Hello there, and welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Derek. And I am Jason. And we are in episode 65 Mm -hmm. of our podcast. We are going to look at uh, the covenant that God made with Abraham today. And Jason preached that message Mm -hmm. yesterday. So he's going to share with us some handles to hold on to. Uh, as we consider the joy that we have at Christmas time as well. Yeah. Jason, lead us in. Yeah, so um, yesterday we did talk about, um, you know, it's the third Sunday of Advent, which is the Sunday of joy. Um, and I like to I like to think of myself as somewhat of a joyful guy. Um, I uh, Jolly even? Some would say jolly. <laughs> some would say. Some would say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I, I, I like to think that I try to be joyful, but I know too that, um, we talked about yesterday that we have to have a proper definition of what joy is, that, um, the world would say that joy is like in- intense happiness, um, which is not necessarily incorrect, but it's insufficient. Um, and so, you know, we, I, I talked about the fact that, um, like, Peanut butter makes me joyful. I love peanut butter. It's delightful. God gave us peanut peanuts to make peanut butter, and we should make peanut butter out of peanuts. And um, there, and it makes me very happy. But um, that's insufficient because it doesn't stop our our joy should not end on the object of our joy when it's something lower than Jesus. And so uh, we talked about the biblical definition of joy as being intense happiness that is dependent on what Christ has done in us, through us, and for us. And, um, and so it's, it's a difference. It's a deeper happiness that, um, you know, things create, creation cannot bring us that same kind of joy that Jesus gives us. Um, we talked about how we see that just to kind of recap what we talked about yesterday, that that's really on display for us in the covenant that God makes with Abraham. Um, and so, uh, you have this restart and, um, it's, we've seen it over the past couple weeks. You have, God starts with humanity in the covenant at creation with Adam. Then there's sort of like this, let's restart with Noah, where he confirms that um, that same covenant. And then now we're here again after another disaster where humanity has failed miserably. And God says, let us let me restart again. Um, and uh, one of the things that I didn't have time to get into yesterday um, was that the the language of covenant changes a little bit when you get to Abraham. You know, if you look at Adam and Noah, God tells uh, God tells Adam and he tells Noah, go and be fruitful, go and multiply and fill the earth. But when he comes to Abraham, he says, I will make you fruitful. Mm-hmm. I will make you multiply. Um, and so um, I, I don't want to I don't want to put too much of humanity onto God, but just in the way that I thought through it. It was like God said, Let, yeah, let's start it this way. Adam messed it up. He's like, okay, let's try that again with, with Noah. Noah messes it up and he says, you know what? It's a, <laughs> this is a bad illustration. But it's like from the end of um, Avengers Age of Ultron when Thanos goes in, he puts on the glove and he says, I'll just do it myself. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, God says, you know what? I'll do this myself. I will, I will make this covenant with you and I will do it myself. And um, and I'm going to, I'm going to make you fruitful. I'm going to make you multiply. I'm going to make you fill the earth. I'm going to bless you. You will be my representative to bless the rest of humanity. Um, and so he makes all these promises to Abraham and, um, that's, it's really that, that is where our joy starts because mm-hmm. not only does he say, I will, um, I'm not only does he make these promises to Abraham, but he also makes these promises to all of Abraham's descendants, which would include us. 
And so these promises here in Genesis 12 still apply to us today. And and I think that's something that is important to understand. It's where we, um, you know, a few weeks ago we had this discussion about covenant theology where this is not just, Genesis 12 is not just this isolated incident that happens and we can look back and go, oh, that's nice. This, this is still active right now. Mm-hmm. As you and I sit here talking, this promise still applies, which is a really cool thing to think about that we we we're a part of a long line of believers we're not just i mentioned in the sermon yesterday that we're not just individuals who have a relationship with god we are part of this long line of believers that walks through history and um and that that should begin to get us towards beginning to understand joy and so we talked about that god brings blessings through this new beginning that he's going to bless all of creation through abraham Um, but then the really great thing is that those promises are not dependent on humanity, that God is the one who fulfills these promises. When you look in Genesis 15 and God cuts this covenant with Abraham, Abraham has nothing to do with it really other than he goes and gathers up the animals that God tells him to gather up. Um, And he cuts them in half and just lays them there. And then God makes a deep sleep fall on Abraham. And while he's asleep, God walks in between uh, these animals and um, I, use, I read this quote from um, uh, Ray Vanderlaan, and um, it, it, it's this beautiful idea of God, for, really a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do where God walks through this pool of blood that's there um, in between these, these animal carcasses. And um, he says, I, he, um, the way that Ray Vanderlaan says it is that if God were speaking to Abraham, he says, Abraham, I love you so much that I'm willing to put my own life on the line to fulfill this covenant. And, um, and that, that's a promise that, that you and I can hold on to as well, that, mm-hmm. that God said, I love you so much, I'm willing to put my own life on the line to fulfill these promises to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Um, because so much of, of human culture is dependent on performance. And right. this is one instance, the promises of God here, is an instance where it, it, it has no dependency on you or me or anyone. That it's all <clears throat> God saying, I have this, uh, the word that we keep coming back to, hesed, this mm-hmm. faithful, loyal love for you. And I am willing to show that to you by blessing you and making promises to you that you're going to get regardless. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I want you to follow in obedience. I want you to live a life for me, but there's nothing you can do to break this covenant, mm-hmm. which is a really, really um, beautiful thing that for me begins to well up joy. Yeah. Um, and um, and so one of the things that the, the jump that we made was that uh, because it's easy to look, it's easy to look at Genesis and go, yeah, that's neat. You know, that's so long ago, thousands and thousands of years ago. That's cool. And we believe that about God. We believe that um, that he makes those promises. But then I love that we could make a jump to what is a traditional Christmas scripture passage in Luke. Um, and it connects directly back to Genesis 12 and 15. Mm-hmm. And so we saw in uh, the Magnificat, which is, um, which is Mary... Um, bursting forth in in worship mm-hmm. uh, as she realizes what's happening um, she'd gone to to visit her uh, her cousin Elizabeth and um, we talked about the fact that um, that Mary you know we we look at Mary and we we venerate Mary in a way that like oh she was this 
superhuman almost. She was a girl. Mm-hmm. She was a teenage girl. And, um, you know, it would be easy to say, well, of course Mary's joyful because she's, I mean, she's the mother of Jesus, right? She's joyful. But um, at this moment when, where this, in, in Luke chapter 1, Mary is in the middle of a chaos tornado. Mm-hmm. I mean, that she is, um, we talked about yesterday, that she is a, a young teenage girl who suddenly finds herself pregnant. She knows she hasn't been with a man. That the little town that she lives in, in Nazareth, is in such a frenzy by the fact that she's pregnant that she has to leave and mm-hmm. go to spend time with her her cousin that lives um by all accounts, um, Elizabeth lived over 100 miles away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she has to walk or ride a donkey or something uh, 100 miles to go spend months with her um, with her cousin just to get out of the situation. Um, she also has this fiancé who knows that that baby is not his, and he's trying to figure out what to do. And and, and so she, it, was, it was a chaotic situation. Mm-hmm. And yet, in the face of all that chaos... She bursts forth in joy because she realizes that the promises of God that he made to Abraham are coming true through her. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is happening. This, these promises are coming to fruition mm-hmm. right now, and they cause her to burst forth in joy. Like I, I love. Um, I don't know. We Kim and I last night watched. They had a live stream of um, the chosen Christmas thing mm-hmm. last night, and we watched it. And I love the way they depicted it. And I know this is not biblical necessarily, but the way they depict it is that the Magnificat is is this sort of prayer that Mary prays all through her pregnancy. That she well, not all through, but once it happens, mm-hmm. it comes to her. The Lord reveals this this. She bursts forth and prays, and it becomes sort of this thing that she prays for herself when things are getting difficult. And so, like, she's uh, when when her she and Joseph are, are coming into the the, uh, the stable there to give birth. She's kind of whispering under her breath, "My my soul magnifies the Lord. My mm-hmm. spirit rejoices within me." And Joseph's like, "What is that? A, is that a Psalm of David that you're saying? What what is that that you're saying?" And she's like, "Oh, it's just it's this Psalm that kind of a poem that 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 the Lord revealed to me." And he's like, "Oh, that's great, you know." And, um, but then they're having these flashes between that scene and in the at the at the stable, but then also Mary, as she's older, after Jesus has resurrected and ascended, and she's sharing this this psalm with Mary Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. and then Mary's going to take it and give it to Luke so that Luke can add it to his gospel, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it happened that way or not, mm-hmm. but it was a really cool depiction of yeah. of seeing how. Or showing how potentially this moment could have shaped Mary's thinking for mm-hmm. the rest of her life, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, but it shaped her life because it was God revealing Himself to her to say, "I made these promises to your ancestors centuries ago, and they are now coming true through you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use you to bless the world." And um, and that's. That's something I think that that we you know we we look at these passages at Christmas especially as they're these really fantastic stories, yeah. But not in a way to to downgrade them in any way, but for us to understand that these were real human beings. This mm-hmm. really happened. This mm-hmm. wasn't just, this is, these aren't just stories on a page, but that God works in and through humanity in such a way that. 
we can't we we can't help but be joyful and right. praise the Lord through that. Um, so we saw that in Mary, and we saw that also in Zechariah. That that's John the Baptist's father. That the first thing he says after he regains his ability to speak is that he's able to uh, look and say uh, in in uh, Luke one seventy two he says that God is. Um, showing the mercy that he promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. It's that same word again, hesed. It's the Greek version of the Hebrew word hesed, that, uh, that mercy, that loving kindness, that God is remembering his covenant. God is mm-hmm. remembering the fact that he is going to show mercy and he does it through Mary, he does it through Zechariah, and mm-hmm. um, and he does it through us still today as well. That we are able to be joyful in a way that is winsome and in a way that is uh, glorifying to God, as we see how the Lord continues to use His people to bless the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't know about you, but that that makes me joyful more so than peanut butter does. Right? Yeah. Um, and and so uh, it, it's just it's something that I think. For us, you know, it talks about here that God is remembering his mercy and showing his mercy and remembering his covenant. But I think that's for us as well that we have to remember as mm-hmm. followers of Christ that God has made promises to us. And they are something that we can hold on to even in the face of what potentially is a really difficult season for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, or even even in the face of if everything's going great. It's not because you did anything good. Right. It's because God is showing you his mercy and kindness mm-hmm. that, that he allows life to go great. And um, and so it's it's just this, this shift in perspective from being so captured and caught by what's right in front of our eyes as, as incredibly visual creatures to, to looking, keeping our eyes on the Lord and remembering that God is the source of all blessings, that he blesses us uh, in ways that, that we could never imagine. And... Um, and that as we remember that, it should bring joy to our hearts. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. As you as you just describing all that, and I think about um, kind of the what you know what's the opposite of joy. Mm. You know what what is the opposite of joy? I would say you know, <clears throat> just thinking misery. You know, mm-hmm. is kind of I would say maybe the antithesis of joy. Yeah. I think you might could make a case for. Like, like empty pleasure maybe could mm. be an, an yeah. option as well. You yeah. know, uh, where you think you're finding joy but you don't. Right. And I, I would I would venture to potentially indifference is the opposite of that, joy. Yeah, that could be it as well. That it's just I just don't care. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think joy is interesting because it, it, it it's. Particularly, if you're talking about biblical joy, because the world mm-hmm. has a definition of joy that doesn't sure. necessarily match ours, yeah. you know, uh, intense happiness or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of an indifference, or you know, um, you know, all that to say is that it, it, it's fascinating to me that um, the way God brings about joy in our life. Well, just in in general, like through the sacrifice of Christ, mm-hmm. he uses a miserable situation, right, yeah, right, to birth forth this this thing that is hard to explain, hard yeah. to grasp, hard to fool. You know, you know, um, 
this biblical joy, this joy of right. of of this this thing of joy in the midst of unjoyful times too, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think about Mary, and she was in a miserable situation, right? Yeah. Where you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. The culture. I mean, they could have taken her out into the streets mm-hmm. and stoned her to death yeah. because they could have assumed. You're crazy. You you don't have the Holy Spirit's child. You know, like right. the Holy Spirit didn't you know birth this child yeah. in you, um, you know through through this immaculate conception. You know, and so your your husband is saying he didn't uh, impregnate you. So mm-hmm. it, which he's not even really your pre- husband yet. Anyway, he's just right. your betrothed. And so they could have. I mean, according to Mosaic law, could have taken her out into the streets and stoned her to death. Mm-hmm. You know, so that is miserable. It's a miserable situation. Right. She has to flee town. Yet it's in that miserable situation she's able to see beyond it. Yeah. To this joyful thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and even in the death of Christ, right? That God had to come, and and essentially become a a covenant sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, for us to say, you know, for God, as, as Ray Vanderland uh, very clearly said, you know, the, saw the imagery in, 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 you know, God walking through the blood. And yeah. I'm, 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 you know, um, if I break this covenant, may this be the case of it. You know, yeah. so to fulfill the covenant, he goes and, and, and allows himself to be sacrificed. Right. And so through that, miserable situation joy births forth Mm -hmm. joy unexplainable joy um that's hard to verbalize Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and so you know i think oftentimes we expect you know if this is going right the stock market's up economy's great yeah you know, my money's happening this way, and this, you know, my relationships are going great, and I don't have any turmoil in my life, then I'll I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll be I'll have joy, and um, sometimes I think, and honestly, almost all the time, I I think it's in really hard situations that we're able, by God's grace, to be able to see beyond. Yeah. And see the things that matter most, that right. we can find the greatest joy. And so, you know, it's just something I was thinking about as you were uh, yeah. saying, discussing that. So. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think too, it's it's important to draw the distinction that w- if we're living a joyful Christian life, that's not where it, I I, th- I think you could easily misconstrue it to say. That you're just you're happy all the time, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah, this is great. The world's burning around me, but I'm I'm happy. You know, yeah. that's not what we're talking about. No. That's not even close to what we're talking about. It's that it's more so the way I view it is that a joyful life in Christ is that even in the midst of difficulty, knowing that life is hard, that we're able to still say, you know, I don't I don't like this. I don't like what I'm going through, but God is still good. Mm-hmm. God's promises to me have not waned. Yeah. God's uh, covenant love and faithful, loyal love to me has not disappeared. Right. Um, because I think, I mean, you know, Mary sings this song and she's still got to go back home. Yeah. You know, she's still got to figure out how to deliver this baby. Mm-hmm. She's still got to mm-hmm. figure out what do I do with Joseph. Um, and and I, I love this man, but 
he has every right to leave me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and I think that, um, I think it's easy to think, uh, unfortunately, because of our, because of the, the world that we live in, it's the idea of, oh, well, if I come to Christ, then everything's, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows from yeah. then on. And that's, that's not what the Bible teaches. And mm-hmm. that's um, not real life. Either. It's not real life at all. No, it's not, it's not how things go. And, and so it, you know, I think that it's just, it's that matter of, changing your perspective on mm-hmm. things to instead of viewing yourself as the victim all the time of look at what's happened to me life's so hard i can't believe it happened like this it's okay what is what is god trying to show me in this mm-hmm. what can i learn from this but what how how can i also remind myself in all of this that god is still in control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. god is still good god still loves me he's not left me or forsaken me um and so that that's where you find joy in yeah. the midst of difficulty. Yeah. So. Well, I think I think it, difficulty helps us shift our perspective on what really matters. Yeah. You know, yeah, like definitely. what you know, particularly Christians, mm-hmm. it helps us to see. You know what? At the end of the day, this world will end. These pains will end. But I have Christ, and mm-hmm. I have His love. I have His um, Hesed, where He has demonstrated to me his faithfulness that he will never leave me or forsake me. Yeah. You know, he is uh, my rock and my uh, fortress, you know, whom shall I fear? Yeah. And I just think about all these scriptures that have so much more meaning if you think about it mm-hmm. in that way is that, yeah, the uh, life's going to be difficult. Uh, uh, misery can surround us at times. Absolutely. But I can find joy i can find joy because christ died for me god yeah. demonstrated his love for me and that while i was a still sinner still a sinner christ died for me yeah this you just it's 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 so much understanding these things makes just these little these little scripture verses yeah that we like to put on coffee yeah. cups yeah. it makes them so much more richer Absolutely. and fuller yeah. to realize oh man god really loves me he really cares and he's really demonstrated this in a way that is that I'm an undeserving of yet yeah. he gives it to me anyway and and golly that does bring joy that that brings excitement that brings intense happiness mm-hmm. but it's not because of circumstances it's intense happiness because based on of, truth <laughs> because of the covenant yeah. relationship I have with yeah. Jesus yeah I have a he he I have a re- relationship bestowed upon me yeah that I couldn't earn. It was just given as a free gift. Mm-hmm. That should bring joy. Absolutely. That should bring joy. He's done all the work, as we've clearly and seen. And then offers it to us. Throughout every yeah. covenant, he's done all the work. And he says, here, I've done this for you. Yeah. Golly, man. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is. Absolutely. And that's what, Christ, that's what Christmas is all about. Yeah. I love it. It's just, Yeah, because it is that, it's that manifestation of just like, uh, Mary begins to understand here in Luke chapter one that that this is God doing what He said He was going to do. Yeah, yeah. It's finally happening. Yeah, it's here. Like, and he's using me. What? Yeah, he's, what and a I gracious get to be a part gift. of it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. get to be a part of this. This is incredible. And um, and and I love that it. You know, both both Mary and Zechariah. Both. It's not. Look at how awesome I am that God lets me use this. It's God is remembering his covenant that he promised to our fathers years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's now coming to fruition here. Not because I'm great, but yeah. because look at what God is doing. Yeah. Look at what God is doing that we get to be a part of it. And and um, and they were joyful. That's cool. 
That's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, Jason, mm-hmm. and thanks for preaching yesterday. It was yeah. a, a fruit basket turnover yesterday. <laughs> Jay, Jason preached. Roger led music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison and I were downstairs with the kids yeah. and uh, had a great time down there. And so uh, we love our team is versatile and flexible. We can yeah. do all that. And yeah, it was a uh, good day. We, it was a great day. Great day. Uh, a joyful day. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for sharing, and yeah. uh, thank you for listening and joining us on this journey, on this path. Uh, we hope that you'll continue to do that, and we'd love to hear from you as well. What you know? Yeah. What What are some things that bring you joy? Hearing these things we've talked about, but what are what are some of the things about Christmas that bring you joy? We'd love to hear those things. We'd love to read those things. Email us at the path at lafayettefirst.life. And share those things with us. We'd love to in, uh, to uh, interact with you in that way. Mm-hmm. But we ask that you would continue to join us on this journey down the path uh, each and every day. Thank you so much. And we'll see you real soon.